0: Garlington says that we go from glory to glory, but it's hell in the hallway. Mm. (laughs) But the hallway is not where you live. Amen. 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 We're passing through. We're on our way to glory. So good things are happening. Today we're going to conclude this teaching. Let's stay in the right spot. Today we're going to conclude this teaching... About uh, miracles. We've been talking about the supernatural and different spiritual phenomena and stuff. And I wanted to do a message. It's been a while since I've done a message about this phenomena called speaking in tongues. And uh, this, over the past 120 years or so, has been a little bit of a divisive issue. I don't think it has to be. Whatever you think about speaking in tongues, we love you. I don't care you know (laughs) it's not a a make or break issue Um, but we want to tell you what we think about it and because it helps us personally and I did a message I guess it was a couple years ago about this now where I went into more detail than I'm going to do today Uh, so if you want that message just send me an email and I can give you a link it's on our website but it's hard to find we're redoing our website so it's going to be easier to Fine. We're gonna make a different page that sorts my messages. So, um, anyway, that'll be good. That's coming. Amen. Uh, speaking in tongues. I think sometimes people are, you know, don't want to be weird, and you don't have to be weird to be a Christian. But being a little bit weird for Jesus isn't really that big a deal, as we're gonna find out in a minute. We want to be a counterculture, not just blend into the culture, but uh, moreover, I mean, I'm a normal person, I mean, at least I think I am, Uh, as as I watch Netflix, you know, I cheer for the chiefs, I just also pray for the sick and and cast out demons and speak in other tongues, because that's what Mark 16 says that we ought to do. So if you have a Bible, open up to 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to read what Paul has to say about spiritual gifts, and I'm just going to make a bunch of different comments. Each section is kind of its own little mini-message, so it's not quite as organized as sometimes it is, but I've got several different points that I wanted to make about this. Verse 1 says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. So we don't want you to be ignorant. We want you to know about this stuff. You know that when you were Gentiles, you were carried away by these dumb idols, even as you were led. Now, that means that they didn't speak, not that they were stupid, but they are stupid as well. Amen. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaks by the Spirit of God, calling his Jesus accursed, and that no man uh, can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different administrations, but the same Lord. And there are different operations, but the same God works all in all. Notice verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Everybody say every man. Does that include every woman? Yeah. It's given to every person to profit everybody. Does the Holy Spirit want to flow through you? Does the Holy Spirit... Want to give you gifts and minister through you? Yes. 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 Now he lists a bunch of different ways that the Holy Spirit manifests himself. What's Manifest means revealed, right? So, so the Holy Spirit's always here, but one of the ways we can know that he's here is when he manifests himself, when he reveals himself. What are some ways that he does that? To one is given the word of knowledge. Uh, excuse me, the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. That's Those are things when God reveals something to you supernaturally that you couldn't know otherwise. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11 is the point. But all these works that one and self same Spirit dividing to every person severally as he will. I want to suggest to you that this passage of Scripture is not meant to provide a comprehensive list of all the ways that the Holy Spirit is allowed to manifest himself. What's the point of this passage? He's talking to people that were Gentiles. They were pagans. They worshipped a lot of different gods paganism has sort of reincarnated itself in the present in the form of, of New Age thinking. And if you're into all that, what you're trying to do is channel various spirits. I would encourage you not to do that because the spirits you're channeling would be unclean and they'll mess you up. But what, the way they thought, you know, if you remember your Greek mythology, if you know, there's one God that You pray to if you need rain. There's another god you pray to if you need peace. There's another god if you're about to go to war. Everybody with me? There's all these different gods. He's trying to correct their pagan way of thinking because if you came from that culture and you saw these different gifts of the Spirit in operation, which they saw at their church, you might be tempted to think, oh, this means there's a different god showing up. Mm -hmm. Everybody with me? The point is he's trying to say is look, it doesn't matter whether somebody's praying for the sick or whether somebody's prophesying or getting a word of knowledge or speaking in tongues. It, does, it doesn't matter what's going on. What matters is, is that it's all it's all God. It's all the one God. That's a pretty simple point. What's that mean? There are. Anointings, there are gifts of the Holy Spirit that aren't listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. <gasps> really, Pastor? Yes. How do you know that? Well, in, in Exodus, there's a guy named Bezalel, and it says he was anointed with the Holy Spirit to, as an artisan to make stuff. Does it say that? Is that a gift of the Spirit? Is that a way the Holy Spirit manifests himself? you ever met somebody that's a really good artist and the Holy Spirit could manifest through their art? Yeah. Yeah. Henry's down here is, is one of those people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so, so what's that mean? It means chill out and, and recognize that the Holy Spirit is, is bigger than maybe our box and he can manifest a bunch of different ways. Now, some of the ways are these things listed here. One of those things listed there is, is speaking in tongues, and we'll talk about it in a minute. But I wanted to make one other point, which is that in Romans 12, there's another list. And this is sometimes called the motivational gifts. It's stuff like giving, administration, mercy. How many of you have read that and heard a teaching on it? All those are legitimate giftings. There are some people that are motivated by giving. They just love to give. Now, we're all called to give, right? Right? but there's some people that that really floats their boat. There are other people that are motivated to teach. Now, we can all teach, and we should all teach, especially if you have kids, but uh, not everybody is excited about it the way like I would be. Everybody nod at me. (laughs) Okay. Is it it beneficial then to understand your motivational gifts and, and all that? Yeah, but trying to, trying to fit all of who you are into that list might be problematic. You might have a gift that's not in that list. Is that okay? Yes. 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 All right. So again, what's our general rule in church? Calm down and just be happy with who you are, okay? So... The Bible does say, though, that one of these types of gifts is is the gift of tongues. In the Bible, there's two different types of tongues that are mentioned. There is the public speaking gift and the personal prayer language. If you go back to Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit falls on the apostles there in the upper room, and the Scripture says they all started to supernaturally speak in these other languages. It's really cool. And then there's people that hear this, and you remember in Jerusalem it's a multicultural city. There's people that speak different languages there, and they hear the apostles speaking in their language and telling about the glory of God. It's really amazing. And then a whole bunch of people get born again and come to Jesus as a as a result of that. There's a, a public speaking gift. Um, when I was in high school, the first person that introduced me to this concept of speaking in in tongues, was my, also my electronics teacher. Really godly man. He was a pastor, this little country church out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, he told me this story. He said, one time I was in church at a big conference and I was just worshiping God and I was speaking in tongues. And the guy next to me said, hey, do you speak Portuguese? And he's like, no. <laughs> and he said, he said, well, you're speaking Portuguese. And he said, really? What am I saying? <laughs> and he said, he said, well, you were just worshiping God. You were talking about the goodness of God. Well, that's, that's one aspect of, the, of the, the gift of tongues. But there's another aspect, which is the personal prayer language. Turn over to 1 Corinthians 14. And... Uh, In verse 2, it says, He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God, for no man understands him. How many people understand him? Nobody. Not even the guy next to him that understands Portuguese. This is why if you have personal prayer language and you talk to Google Translate, which I may or may not have done... (laughs) This is why, if you don't some of you've done that, don't lie. <laughs> if you haven't, you ought to try. it. You ought to experiment. Uh, I tried to talk to Google Translate, you know, and it didn't understand what I was saying. Now maybe it, it doesn't know all the languages, right? But it didn't. It didn't. It just said a bunch of gibberish back to me. But what this says is that I, you, there's a, there's a part of speaking in tongues that's just you speaking directly to God. It's some kind of personal thing that comes out of your, your spirit, and no man understands it, because in your spirit you're speaking mysteries. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now Paul says in 1 Corinthians 12 that not everybody in one meeting is going to operate in the, in the gift of tongues where there's, where there's like an interpretation and it's a message to the body of Christ. That does not mean that everybody can't have a personal prayer language. And we know this because Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 5, I wish that you all spoke with tongues, but I would rather that you prophesied. Well, that's, you know, an amazing statement. He's saying, I wish everybody spoke in tongues, but I would even more like everybody to prophesy. Well, can everybody speak in tongues? In a personal, Sure you can. Can you prophesy? What's well, prophecy? All it is is you just hear God say something and you tell somebody else what God says. Amen. It's not weird. You don't have to be like, thus saith God. Right. <laughs> just, just uh, you know, I think I heard God say this. Now you could be wrong, and if you're wrong, then no big deal. Okay, everybody all right? All right. Why would you want to speak in tongues? Well, because verse 4 says, he that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. You build yourself up. You strengthen yourself. Do you have to do it? No. But you can if you want to. Letter D on your notes. Speaking in tongues is an evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit, but I don't believe it's the evidence. What's, you probably only understand that if you're involved in the whole Pentecostal movement. So a hundred years ago, the Holy Spirit did something at Azusa, and a lot of people began to experience different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. A bunch of people started to speak in tongues. And so a bunch of people in church thought it wasn't good. And and my pastor Lawson, he was here Tuesday. They actually kicked him out of his church because he spoke in tongues. And this happened frequently, and there was a lot of tension between the Pentecostal movement and and mainline Christianity. Thankfully, a lot of that is resolved. But uh, a lot of the Pentecostals sometimes had hurt feelings because they were rejected, which you can understand. But you don't want to develop theology based on hurt. And a lot of times we... So (laughs) this is kind of what happened, is that you know, the mainline church looked at the Pentecostals and was like, well, you guys are heretics. And then the Pentecostals said, well, no, you guys are heretics. And so then they were all mad at each other, and so they said, well, you're not really filled with the Holy Spirit if you don't speak in tongues. And, and that's just not true because the Holy Spirit can manifest himself in a bunch of different ways. But one of the ways is speaking in tongues. Is yes. that all right? Now, what what else is the deal with it, and why would you want to do that? Well, look at, this is one of the weirdest verses in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 14, 21. In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Therefore, tongues are a sign not to them which believe, but to them which believes not. Okay, what's that mean? How on, earth can, how on earth can somebody saying something in some weird language be a sign to somebody that doesn't even believe in Jesus? That's a good question, right? Yeah. To understand that, you've got to understand what verse he's quoting. If you, if you know the Old Testament story, the nation of Israel, they come out of Egypt and they're Wandering around Egypt, excuse me, wandering around the desert for forty years, and then they finally get into the land of Canaan. But before that, God gives them the law, which is like a contractual agreement between God and the nation of Israel. And He says to them a bunch of stuff, and He says, "You've got to, you got to don't have any other gods before me. Uh, Don't make idols." Guys, the Ten Commandments, right? And He says, "If if you start getting into idolatry and not keeping the commandments." one of the things that's going to happen is I'm going to bring a foreign nation to come and conquer you and take you away captive. Everybody okay? Now, why does does God do that? Well, I've discussed this at length before, but the nation of Israel basically demanded that type of contract with God. God tried to offer them a grace contract and they refused it. They wanted to be uh, basically under the law, and God said, okay. So anyway, the point is that if, you, if, if the nation of Israel went into idolatry, God was going to bring this foreign nation. In Isaiah, where this verse is quoted from, that with the lips of a foreign nation, I'll, I'll speak or I'll plead unto this people, Isaiah is saying, what, what Deuteronomy prophesied about, that's about to happen. Because, because Israel and Judah, we've all gone into idolatry. We've all quit obeying the commandments. And now the Babylonians, I can see them. They're right over there. They're marching towards us. The Babylonians speak a different language. Anybody with me? The, their language is symbolic of their culture. They have a different language and a different culture. They, they worship foreign gods, and they're coming towards us, and they're going to they're destroy Jerusalem, and they're going to carry us away captive. Paul knows all this, and he's thinking, he's, he's remembering this, and he's thinking, this, this foreign language is a sign to us that we should repent. Repent. That's what the nation of Israel was supposed to see. They were supposed to see the foreign language spoken by the Babylonians as a sign they should repent. What's the analogy? It's this. When people come into church, there's supposed to be a different culture, a different way of speaking. Somebody was talking to me recently, and they were like at at work, and somebody said, are you a Christian? And they said, how do you know? And he said, well, you never cuss. <laughs> One time, I probably shouldn't tell this story, but anyway, I, so <laughs> I was at this, I had this, when I was 19, I got this job at this Mexican restaurant, and I wasn't really, I, I loved Jesus, but I was under legalism, and I was condemned, and I didn't think God could talk to me, and so I was confused, and, and I went, and I was at this, restaurant there they blaring, blaring highway to hell really loud on the, on the deal and, and everybody there was just cussing like sailors and, and I thought I need to fit in <laughs> so I, I walk over to the <laughs> the, <laughs> to the, uh, the guy doing the dishes he's this big guy and I, I don't remember even what I said but I walk over to him I hand him this thing and I say blankety blank <laughs> something but I'm not good at cussing because I never do it and, and he looked at me like I was just nuts. And I thought, I thought you know what, this doesn't work for me. I ought to, I ought to stick to just being, just being, you know, not cussing. But, but I don't know why I told that. Anyway, the whole, the whole, the whole point is <laughs> there's supposed to be in church a different culture. In the world, there's there's a lot of dishonor. In the church, there's supposed to be honor. In the world, there's a lot of fear and anxiety. In the church, there's supposed to be peace and love. And when people from the outside come in, that counterculture is a sign to them that they need to change how they're thinking. Moreover, some of the strange stuff that happens in church, like people speaking in tongues, it's a sign. Wow, there's a supernatural God. It really is, and, and, it, and he says later prophesying, if, if somebody comes in and everybody's prophesying, people will say of oh, a truth, wow, God's among you. And by and large, the truth is that people that don't know Jesus, if they encounter the supernatural, by and large, most people aren't freaked out by it. Typically, it's just church people that are freaked out by it, or because they've been taught against it, or it's just somebody acting unnecessarily weird, and then freaks somebody out. So does that make sense? It's the, what Paul's point is, is that this whole thing about having, having speaking in tongues, it's a sign because we're a counterculture. We're not the same as the world. On the back of your notes, point one says, this does not mean that we act weird for weirdness sake. It just means that we try to live authentically for Jesus and don't worry if it causes us to stand out. That's the point. We don't, we don't mind standing out like a, like a healed thumb, like Andrew Womack artist always says. Hallelujah. A lot of times people ask this question. I remember when I first heard about this, there's you know, a verse about you got to speak in tongues in order. And sometimes people will all speak in tongues together like in a congregation or something. And, you know, if you have... Um, you don't ever have anybody explain this stuff to you. You you, kind of can get like a, you know, mystical kind of, oh, this stuff's freaky, you know, and and people freak out that maybe if two people speak in tongues at once that it's like on Ghostbusters where they cross the streams and then the (laughs) world ends or something. That's not how it is. Paul's Paul's point is that there's just got to be order in the surface. And if I'm up here and I'm saying something, and, and and then Josh comes up here and we're both talking at the same time, and I would have liked to have been in some of their meetings. They must have been totally wild meetings yeah. because Paul's got to bring in all this kind of order. And, and you know, I've been in some pretty wild meetings, and if the Holy Spirit starts doing a whole bunch of stuff, you can lose control of the meeting from the platform. And that's not necessarily a, a terrible thing, but if that's how it is all the time, it's it's hard to for stuff to get done because the meeting's just so wild and, and nobody knows what's going on. And if people come from the outside, they're going to think you're nuts. So the point is just that you've, you've got to have control over what's going on. And he says you can't, you can't just have a bunch of people prophesying at once. You can't just have a bunch of people trying to talk at once from the front of the platform. Look at verse 32 of chapter 14. This is an important verse. It says, the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. That means that you are in control of your gift. That means you do not have to prophesy. But I really hear God, Pastor, I know. But you don't have to jump up and say something. You can control yourself. Nothing's making you do it. Now, we, lo- we love to let people do stuff, so I, most of the time I, I tell people, sure, but sometimes I tell people that's not the direction I think the service is going in, and then, and then we don't do it. Yeah. And it's okay, because God can always speak, and this, your, your gift is under your control. Hallelujah! Sometimes, sometimes the audio is not under your control. I don't know, if, I don't know if that's God trying to emphasize my point or what. But it's exciting. You never quite know what's going to happen here. We're we'll probably do an experiment here in a minute, and then it'll be really exciting. So, Jesus is helping us. Thank you, Josh. So, so your gift is under your control. Um, What that means is, in in one sense, if if you have like a strong prophetic gift or if you have a strong teaching gift or something else, any kind of whatever gifting you have, you got to realize that that thing is good and you want to develop it and you want to use it for God, but if you're not careful, it can try to exert control over you. The way this shows up in my life is that I've got a strong teaching gift. If I'm not careful, I'll think about teaching all the time. And this is is why I'm a good communicator, because I am thinking a lot about the words I'm going to say, I'm thinking about the scripture, I'm meditating on stuff, I'm working through things in my brain, it's part of how I operate. The trouble is I can't do that all the time because sometimes I gotta talk to my family. <laughs> <laughs> right? I gotta be present with my family. What's this say? It says the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. The spirit of the teacher is subject to the teacher. I can control myself. Yeah. We can. Now sometimes it's hard, especially if it seems like you got a really strong gift, but you you just you learn to do it. You just say, no, I'm not going to do that right now. But, Pastor, God's trying to speak to me. Well, God, God can speak to you any time. So if you, have to, if you have to say no for right now so you can focus on your kids, you can, you can get along later and God will pick up the conversation. You don't have to feel bad about that. Is that okay? God understands life is real life. Hallelujah. So speaking in tongues is a great way to receive revelation from God, to strengthen yourself in the Lord, to intercede for people, to worship, and to receive peace. If I don't speak in tongues, am I a terrible Christian? Of course not. It's just another thing in the kingdom to experience if you want to and and when you're ready. Does that make sense? So how do I actually do it? Everything in the kingdom only takes three steps. You know that, right? It's, it's, at least if you're a teacher. So, so um, Luke eleven thirteen 13 says that the, our Father will give the Holy Spirit to those that ask. So speaking in tongues is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So you want to ask God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Step one, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Empower me to speak in other tongues. Yeah. That's it. Just pray that prayer. Step two, Mark eleven twenty four 24 says, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you'll have them. So pray, God, fill me with the Holy Spirit, help me speak in tongues. Step two, believe that He actually answered your prayer. Well, I don't feel nothing. So, it doesn't matter whether you felt something or not. If you prayed it, believe that you received it. And then 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14 and 15, Paul says, I will pray with my spirit, and I will pray with my understanding. When he says, I will pray with my spirit, he's talking about speaking in tongues. His point is that speaking in tongues is an act of your will. It means you have to make a decision to do it. No, nobody's going to possess you and make you do it. Thank you. So you, you make a decision. Open your mouth, and you start praying. You can start praying in English if you want to. And then, but you just, what I tell people is you want to let your mouth outrun your brain. You just keep speaking, you just keep worshiping God. And what you'll find is it's really wonderful because there's a part of you, an inner part of you that wants to worship God in a way that's beyond what you can verbalize. And speaking in tongues is a great way to do that. So you just think about loving God and, and sharing with God and all that kind of stuff. All right, so all that's pretty simple. But it's it is supernatural and it'll help you in your life if you want to do that. Um, in a minute, I'm going to give you opportunity to receive that. But I thought it'd be fun to to do an experiment. Um, so, uh, you know, sometimes we have the gift of tongues in operation in in the church, and there's interpretation and stuff. And um, a lot of times, Sunday morning, uh, we do we do experiments and we practice stuff. A lot of times, we do stuff in small groups more because uh, it sometimes it works better, but but I thought it'd be fun to do an experiment this morning. We're gonna pray in just a minute. Casey will play. I'm just gonna pray that God will release the gift of, of tongues. And so what I believe will happen is somebody will have a word of tongues, and then somebody will get an interpretation. Now, now, and I believe it'll bless everybody, what God says. Now, a couple things about this. I'm not gonna interpret it. I could. But I'm not going to because I want somebody else to. Josh, you aren't allowed to either. <laughs> okay, now somebody might ask, well, pastor, what if it doesn't get interpreted? Well, how many times do you think God's tried to say something to you and you didn't hear? <laughs> Be real about that. Did the world end? No, so it's not that big a deal. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to see what, what God says. It might be that a couple of you get an interpretation. Sometimes we get different pieces of the puzzle, and it'll be fun. It'll be an experiment. We'll see how it works, and you're going to see it in operation. Some of you may have never seen this happen, and, you know, if, you know, if, if it goes awry, then it's not a big deal either because I, I'm, I'm still in charge. The meeting's still in order. Does that make sense? And so if somebody says something weird, I'll, I'll correct it. Everybody okay? Okay, I'm going to pray, and then we'll just wait a few minutes. And so you'll probably, somebody, might be a couple of you, I don't know. But it, remember, the spirit of the prophet subject to the prophet. So if you try to speak and somebody else is speaking, just, just wait a minute. <clears throat> uh, and, but anyway, somebody will get a word in tongues, and then... If you get the interpretation, I want you to come down here and we'll say it to the mic so that we can everybody can hear it. Does that make sense? Okay. Everybody all right? So this will be fun. We'll see what God has to say. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you love us. And Holy Spirit, right now we just ask you to release the corporate speaking gift of tongues. And Lord, we thank you that you're moving right now, that you're giving somebody a tongue. So when you feel God moving, just go ahead and stand up and speak it out in Jesus' name. I've heard Josh speak in tongues, and it doesn't usually sound like that. So now just wait a minute, and if you get the interpretation, just come back. Well, it'll go. It'll you'll hear it in just a second. Yeah, but we we turn it down. That's why I got the mic. You'll hear it. children walk to my door. I'm there. Knock and I will open it. I'm waiting for you. Seek me. Seek me with your whole heart because we are ready and I'm ready to be there with you. Amen. Amen. That's good. I feel like there's another part of it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is peace. Amen. That's good. You have another part of it. Remember, it's an interpretation, not a translation. Because he sees you, he sees you hiding behind the door. you surpasses it all come and let me heal you don't have to wait for the valley to find me in the mountaintop join me now and you can stay there well that's awesome how many be encouraged by all that? So what's that mean? I think what God's trying to say to us, a lot of that, that you know, the theme is come come near to me. Don't feel like you have to be far away. And don't feel like you gotta bottom out before you can come. Just come now. Amen. I think that was pretty cool. So that's encouraging. So if that, if that ministered particularly to you, in a minute you ought to respond and you ought to come down here and pray with the prayer minister. Let's all stand up. If I could have my prayer team come down here. I want to do a couple things. If, uh, if you've never spoken in other tongues and you'd like to and you want help, you can come down here and my prayer ministers will help you and pray with you to receive that. Additionally, if you felt far from God, or you felt like you're hiding behind the door like somebody said, or you I, I really think that's right. There's, there's a couple of you, at least that you really you've, you felt like God's far away from you. And maybe you've done something that made you feel that way. but God wants you to know that He loves you. He's not mad at you. He'll never reject you. So you ought to respond. You ought to come down and just say, look, I want to, I want to, you know, refocus my life on Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm going to pray for everybody. If you need personal prayer for one of those things, you can just come down in just a second. Father, we love you. We worship you. I thank you for moving in the service. We thank you for the gift of tongues, and that it's not weird, and it's just the way you reveal yourself and communicate with us. Lord, I thank you for healing hearts and mending wounds and bringing us back to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys have a great week. Go enjoy pizza. If you want personal prayer, come down here. We'd love to pray with you and agree with you for whatever you need.